Well, good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Truckers Podcast, FYI. Your host, Doug, from Ontario, Canada. It is 9 a.m. here on the 12th of February. And welcome to Super Bowl Sunday for everybody who's going to go out and enjoy that game tonight. Thank you for joining me. gentlemen it is sunday hope everybody out there is having a good weekend and uh yeah what a week and uh yesterday too you know um what can go wrong will go wrong anyways um with our health care here across canada all our provinces and territories. The federal government um, is injecting more money into the health care. Somewhere is around $196 billion over 10 years. And with $46 billion in new funding injected into the system. Are we coming up short? That might even amount to maybe about 25%, 26%. Premiers across the country were calling for the government to increase their share to about 33%, 34%. And that, so good morning. How are you doing today? I'm your host, Doug from Ontario, Canada. So, over the past week, I mean, from last weekend when I was on the show, and that um, the talks between the federal government and all the premiers across Ontario um, asking the federal government to inject more money into our health care. So, $196 billion over the next 10 years and $46 billion in new funding. That is going to, you know, so these both increases to the amount budgeted to follow through the Canada Health Transfer as well as the federal plans to sign bilateral deals with each province and territories so are mindful of each system's unique circumstances. Ontario being the largest province in all of Canada, uh, 18, probably around 18 million people live in the province of Ontario. The population of Canada is around 39 million people 
So transferring these funds to all the provinces and territories, you know, Ontario, um, you know, we'd be, you know, getting roughly per year, probably about $1.7 billion injected into the healthcare system. But here, here's the thing. For one, you know, the healthcare in Canada, you know, it's for, you know, wait times and getting a doctor, seeing a doctor um, has been a real challenge. Over 6 million Canadians don't, do not have a family doctor. Wait times in the emergency rooms have been well over 20 hours. Hallway healthcare, you know, started pre-pandemic. Yes, we need more doctors. We need more family doctors. We need more doctors in the hospitals. We need more nurses. The Ontario government specifically, you know, because I live in Ontario and so, yeah, the healthcare matters all across Canada, but, um, the thing, the thing here is that with Ontario, you know, first of all, our premier of Ontario, um, this started last year, you know, because hospitals are not meant for long-term care. Hospitals are meant to get you better and get you out of the hospital. And for decades on end, you know, our elderly, you know, are staying in hospitals and getting a long-term care. That is holding up beds, obviously. But the premier decided that, um, he wanted more, so more, his, his thing is more beds, better care. And how do you get more beds? Well, his, his reasoning is that we need to move the elderly out of the hospitals into long-term, long-term care centers, which by the way, are full. Given the patient's option so they'll get, you know, their first choice all the way to their fifth choice. If their first choice is not available, then they'll have to take their second choice. If they refuse to take their second choice, then they'd be charged $400 a day. Wait times for long-term care could be as long as six months. 
Now, his other idea is um, for um, not really like, so for, for, for cataract surgeries, you know, um, what, what he's done now, he, he's moved surgeries out of the hospital into the private sector. Now, that doesn't mean that we have to pay out of pocket, right? Our health care um, will pay for that. Unless you want to pay out of your own pocket. I mean, go right ahead if you want to go to a private private institution to have, you know, surgeries done, knee surgeries, hip replacements, cataracts, or whatever the case may be, you want to, you don't want to wait, then you can go pay for it. The backlogs, you know, you know, they're, they're probably looking, you know, because of the pandemic, when everything was shut down, no, no um, surgeries were done unless it was an emergency, you know, heart surgeries and, and things like that, for sure, they're going to be doing those. But, um, for other surgeries, you know, day surgeries that you could be out in a day or you'd be out in a couple of days. Um, transferring, you know, so what he did, it, this was like last month. So the premier of Ontario, you know, he takes $20 million of our tax dollars and transfer it to the, to the private sector and hopes to clear up or, or start to clear up this backlog of surgeries. Crying wolf that they need more money. The lack of spending has been going on for years in our healthcare. Wasteful spending been going on in our health care for decades. Nurses are overworked and underpaid. Doctors are spending more time on paperwork than seeing patients. Now, when you have a lack of doctors, you know, 6 million Canadians with a family doctor, there's no wonder they're spending more time on paperwork because they, they have taken on way far too many patients for what doctors that we have. You know, if I go to my family doctor, I can go to my family doctor for one problem at a time. Even if I might have other issues going in and I want to talk about them, I can't. I'd have to make another appointment. And then another appointment, another appointment. Because I don't have time to sit down there, sit down with you for a half hour, one hour. 
So this new spending from the federal government, 196 billion over the next 10 years. And with the new, like I, and like I said, with 46 billion in new funding for all the provinces and territories. Now I listened to some of the premiers going into this, they're going to this meeting in, in Ottawa. And he, like, you know, I don't, you know, so the premier of Quebec, he turns around and he says, the government, the federal government, um, isn't going to tell us how we're going to spend our money. Well, first and foremost, it's not your money. Our health care is funded by tax dollars. It's our money. Should there be strings attached? Absolutely, there should be strings attached. And plenty of them. You know, this is, you know, <clears throat> as citizens and taxpayers, we need to hold our government's more accountable of how they are spending our money. Pre-pandemic, we started to see hallway healthcare. Meaning you're going to be on a gurney in the hallway. And, and some, and you know, for some people, they were, they were in the hallway on a gurney on average four days waiting for a bed. And there lies how our money's being spent. Certainly wasn't being spent on beds. Certainly not being spent on, on nursing. You know, the shortage of nurses, I mean, the, the pandemics is just the tip of the iceberg. Nurses leaving the, prof the uh, profession. Now, with this with the Ontario government, you know, transferring funds to the private sector. Hoping to clear up this, this um, backlog of these elective surgeries.
Would it be a short-term fix to help clear up the backlogs? It's still up in the air. It's going to be a long wait times because of the backlog. Are we utilizing our operating rooms as we should be? I was reading an article the other day that, you know, our operating rooms, I mean, they're used during daytime hours. Unless there's an extreme emergency. So other than that, when these operating rooms are not in use, why are we not utilizing those operating rooms? Doctors that work there and the nurses that work there in the hospital. Now, here's an immediate national and unconditional $2 billion top up to the Canada Health Transfer to address urgent pressures being experienced at the pediatric hospitals, emergency rooms, and surgical centers. Now, I mean, this is a lot of spending here from the federal government. For these things like 17.3 billion over 10 years, 25 billion over 10 years for, for a decade long bilateral deals with each province and territory tailored to their health needs. And this is um, tailored to their healthcare needs, but connected to shared priorities such as family health access, investing in mental health and substance abuse services. I think it was Alberta that has a publicly funded addiction center. No out-of-pocket costs for the patient. Even, you know, even in the, in, in the private long-term care, it, you know, shortages of, 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 of nursing undertrained in the private sector. And, you know, it's like, how is that happening? Publicly funded long-term care centers. You know, they're, I mean, they're under, they're understaffed too, because I mean, you could have a long-term care center. Say you have one that, you know, roughly 150 people. 
I don't know if you've ever been, you know somebody or you have a loved one in a long-term care center. You know, they, they get around to you when they get to you. You do not get a shower every single day. That's, that'd just be that just be impossible. And how much time would be spent? If, if how would you shower 150 people a day? You wouldn't. You couldn't. You need to get a shower once a week. Home care is another thing that we should be looking at. Publicly funded home care. Because right now when people, see the elderly people that are in the hospitals, you know, and they're receiving long-term care in the hospitals. And what happens, like I say, when when they, they, they... you know, if their first if their first choice for a long term center um, doesn't come up, and, and their second choice does, that could mean that they could be transferred. Um, in the rural in the rural areas, they could be transferred with a hundred mile radius from their homes. In the metropolitan areas, they could be transferred 45 to 50 mile radius of their homes away from family. And the idea of that is to that, okay, your second choice came available, but you're still waiting for your first choice. And that may never come about. Our aging population, you know, is growing, is growing by the day. Now, part of this money, $1.7 billion over five years to support hourly wage increases for personal support workers and related professionals as levels of government work together on retaining, recruiting, and recognizing the credentials of healthcare workers. Personal support workers, we don't have enough, wages are low, they don't get benefits. They pay for their own gas. Now, uh, you know, an average hourly wage for a personal support worker would be $17 an hour. And that only, you know, and some pe- and, you know, and some people may require two support workers. One in the morning and one in the evening. 
and they're not even getting that. $150 million over five years for the Territorial Health Investment Fund to help cover medical travel and the cost of health care delivery in the North, and $2 billion over 10 years aimed at addressing the access challenges uniquely faced by the Indigenous people. You know, when a premier turns around and, and, and says that, you know, um, no strings attached, government is not going to tell us how to spend our money, that concerns me. In the last, over the last five years, less money has been put into the healthcare system. When it comes to collective agreements between nurses and the government, provincially, they don't have collective agreement. They get what the what the government gives them. Which is really shameful. Now, the other thing too, ladies and gentlemen, your health is on you. Meaning how you take care of yourself. What are you putting in your body? Alcohol. Addiction. foods that we eat, smoking, now this health care cost in Canada is to hit Three hundred and thirty-one billion a year. Now you know. So last year alone. In 2022, Canada will spend around $8,653 on average per Canadian, with a total health expenditure uh, representing 12.2% of Canada's gross domestic products. 
And before the pandemic, health spending was in, it was increasing steadily by around 4% per year. But after two years of the COVID-19, this trend appears to have dropped. And despite leveling off in 2022, growth in healthcare spending in Canada continues to be driven by the ongoing factors such as aging population, population growth, and use of health services. Now, when looking at the total health expenditures with services that, that uh, does the large sum of the 331 billion hospitals, Physicians and drugs are the largest categories of spending, representing more than 50% of the total health spending in 2022. And nearly one quarter of all health spending in 2022 went into our hospitals, while physicians and drugs both represented 13.6% each. That means hospitals cost Canadians around $2,084 per person in 2022. And spending on drugs is projected to increase 5.5 of, to increase 5.4%. Along with the higher cost per person for medication addressing chronic diseases, chronic issues. You know, the reports also come out too, you know, over alcohol. That no amount of alcohol is safe. It's like no amount of smoking is safe. People still do it. People still gonna drink. Health Canada want, wants to put warning labels on alcohol. The big breweries are pushing back. They put health warnings on, on tobacco packs using graphic pictures alcohol causes cancer so does tobacco Now, you 
you know, the federal and provincial and the regional government spent roughly 30 billion in Canada on the pandemic in 2022, then around 32 billion in 2021. And the pandemic related spending was slashed in half for 2022 with governments only spending around 14 billion. Now, according to the data from the Public Health Agency of Canada, Canada hospitals saw an average of about 4,700 hospitalizations a day due to COVID-19 between September 15th and October 15th, 2022. During the same period last year, the average um, was $2,000 per day. And this COVID-19 response funding went to COVID-19 treatment costs in 2022 at 34%, around 20% was put towards vaccinations. And all this health spending varies uh, dramatically as, as per person figures you know, depending um, where you are in Canada due to the number of factors, including salaries for healthcare professionals, the service being offered and um, how remote population is, the territories have the highest per person cost for health, particularly to the residents um, required to be flown elsewhere for specialty services. So the projected breakdown, Ontario, 8,213 per person. Quebec is almost 8,900. Manitoba is about 8,500 per person. Saskatchewan, uh, almost uh, 9,000 per person and so on. And it, and it doesn't, like it, it, it really, Except for uh, when it comes into the um, the Yukon, you know, because in the Northwest Territories are much higher, over fifteen thousand per person, and the Northwest Territories over twenty one thousand per person. Because of the geographic of where they are. I understand the government wants to, you know, for, for the province here in Ontario. For short term, I said this last weekend too, for short term, short term help, you know, um, using the, 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 the private sector to help clear the backlog.
you know, I would go along with that. But for permanent and long term, taking our tax dollars and, and giving it to the private sector, I disagree with that. Like it, it's costing anywhere from 30 to 35% more. When all that money could be allocated to other areas. Then I was watching a, a news program last weekend and they, they, you know, had a, had a small panel of, of professionals and they had this young lady, she was a nurse and she went to work for the private sector. More money, obviously. We have, you know, people, you know, people who immigrate and for the immigration and people come from other countries and they were, you know, a nurse from where they were from, from, uh, from, from their original country. They come to Canada with these nursing credentials, but they don't meet our criteria. They don't meet our standards. And for, and for them to work in, in the nursing field, they'd have to retake the nursing program. And there's been a call for the government to fast track them. and getting them into these positions. And it goes the same thing for doctors who come from other countries and want to immigrate to Canada. They can't work. They can't work in the field. become a, a, a general uh, a, a general practice doctor, I mean, it's seven years. Never mind specializing in anything else, but just just the your GP, it's seven years. And when people don't have doctors, they don't have access to a doctor. You know, six million Canadians without a family doctor. We don't know what's going on. We don't know what's going on inside our bodies. Unless we go for our health checkup. Underlying health conditions that we may not know that even exist, but they're there. And what are they?
addressing these issues as soon as we possibly can will help that patient. And with these, 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 you know, new monies coming from the government, from the federal government for payment into the healthcare system. And then you have people like our premier, Doug Ford. Using our money for the, for the, for the uh, private sector is appalling. $20 million, $20 million could have been allocated to other places. What we need also here, and every province should be doing this, is a public-funded addiction center. Out in British Columbia, you know, uh, they've had, you know, with, with the uh, with with the opiate opiate crisis that is going on in this country, you know, the fatal overdoses that's been happening. Vancouver, British Columbia leads the way. So what they did was, you know, with the illicit drugs, they uh, decriminalized of how much you can have on your person. Two grams or less. Yes, they have... um, the methadone clinics. Yes, they have the safe injection sites, which offers other supports. But what about treatment? Here in Ontario and across Canada, we all have those services. For, for people with addictions. They're not working. It's not working. It's not solving the problem. Safe injection sites are not solving the problem. Even if, if, if you know, governments in, in the provinces turn around and, and you know, um, decriminalizes for how much you can have on on your person, two grams or less, that's not fixing the problem. Methadone, not fixing the problem.
the highest rate of overdoses in Canada is in Vancouver, British Columbia. I think last year, I think it was over 2,000. Here in the city, here in the city where I reside, last year, a hundred overdoses. This can be preventable. The opioid crisis, the overdosing crisis that's happening across this country can be avoided. And that needs to start with treatment. And that needs to start to have any access to treatment. Real treatment. And no, you know, we can't make people go and get it. They have to want to. But if those services are provided to you through the through the publicly funded healthcare system. we probably start to see some change. Whether it's drugs, alcohol. Mental health. And like I said, your health is on you. What you do with your bodies and what we do with our bodies, I mean, you know, what we eat, what we drink. It's up to you to to change whatever eating habits you, you deem necessary that you feel that you should change. For health benefits. And of course, we got other problems, you know, with the increase of, of, of cost of living. Groceries skyrocketing. More and more people are turning to the food bank. Twenty thousand families in this city alone access the food bank monthly. I don't know, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, it's, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. 
I, I really don't know. I mean, I'm trying to change the things that I do. And do better, you know, for me. Cutting back stopped, you know. The other thing I got to work on is quit smoking. You know, that's an, that's, that's an addiction. It's, you know, it's hard, it's hard to do. I mean, life happens every single day. You know, we all have stressors. We all have, you know, some degree of anxiety. You know, and then we, 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 we resort to something that, you know, gives us that, that moment of, of just relaxation as if we, if that's what it's doing, but really it's, it, it, you know, smoking isn't relaxing you. It's just going to increase your, your, your blood pressure and, and whatever else, you know, but we do it anyways. We, we try to find comfort in something. Unfortunately for people, they find it in alcohol and drugs. Others, I mean, we've comfort food. We make our feel, feel better. You know, we're going to have that bag of chips. We're going to have those cookies. You know, we're going to have those, those desserts. We're only human, you know, we're going to do these things. We're going to eat these things. I'm guilty of it. I think, you know, but you know, one thing I did though, I managed, I managed to, 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 um, um, cut out, cut out chips and, um, cut down on sugar intake, you know, not eating candy bars, not eating, donuts and other desserts, not eating any of that stuff. And where would I get sugar from? Well, my body produces it. The, the insulin the body produces that insulin. But I take, you know, I, I get a coffee and I have like one sugar in it. I drink my tea black, no sugar. You know, so when you're going, when you're going grocery shopping, you know, um, for instance, when it comes to bread, you know, carbohydrates, when it comes to bread, I'm looking, I'm looking for bread that has like 2% sugar, uh, 1% sugar added in it, into it, you know, um, just, just things like that. I mean, I just, you know, totally basically, you know, kind of, and that, and that goes like for. You know, like for even brown sugar, I mean, when you have a bowl of porridge in the morning, put brown sugar on your porridge, stuff like that. I don't even do that. You know, I eat steel cut oats and I put fruit on it, like blueberries or something. I don't have all that. I don't go and buy all that. 
sugar. I mean, I used to, I mean, I used to, when I go to the coffee shop, I'd get a coffee and a donut or a muffin or, you know, sometimes both a couple of donuts and a muffin and stuff like that. He's eating that stuff all the time. Cutting out all that stuff, like I'm going to tell you right now, um, six months ago, I weighed around 143 pounds. I'm five foot five. I now weigh 132 pounds. By cutting all that stuff out. And when I go to the grocery store, I can look at chips and not want them. I can look at all the candy bars and everything else like that and not want them. I can go to the coffee shop and look at the donuts and not want them. And I need to do that with cigarettes because I go in the store and I want cigarettes. No, now I get now, you know, besides drinking a coffee with, with one sugar in it. Now I get my sugar naturally. By eating fruits. My salt intake is none whatsoever. I just, you know, if I could, if I could just stop smoking, like I stopped doing all the eating, all those other things and the health benefits that come out of that, you know, because of all that, all that stored fat in your body from eating all those sugary stuffs, you know, and losing 10 pounds in six months from not eating that stuff. Just think of the health benefits I'll get when I when I quit smoking. My alcohol intake, well, you know, I'm guilty of that too. You know, because I don't drink during the week. And what happens is I go on the weekend, I go down to my local local sporting bar and watch a hockey game. And I'll have I don't know, nine beers. Binge drink. You know, over overloading the system, you know, binge drinking. You know, just imagine like tonight, I mean, Super Bowl weekend, you know, the alcohol that's going to be pouring tonight to watch that big game or how much beer you're going to be drinking home. If you're having family and friends over to watch the Super Bowl, you know, how much alcohol is going to be consumed.
And if I do, I mean, if I, you know, I, I am going out, you know, there's a whole bunch of us going out. Um, I'm planning on just having a couple beers. That's all I'm planning on having. You know, and if I can even cut that that back to to absolutely none, you know, then that's that's great, right? And 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 unfortunately, you know, people become dependent on alcohol. You know, alcohol alcoholics. It's a disease. I'm fortunate that I, yeah, in my life that, you know, I didn't come dependent on alcohol and drugs. And probably yourself too. But if we can come cut back on on, you know, cut back on the intake of alcohol, cut back on, on, you know, the sugary things that we love every single day. I mean, don't go to McDonald's and get a 64 ounce Coke. Diet Coke is no better. You know, get your Diet Coke and large fries. Cut back on, on, on the, on, you know, some of the carbs that, that we, you know, that we take in. Yes, we need carbs, obviously. But when we're eating, you know, and, and, and all the, you know, processed, processed foods, that we're eating and, and stuff like that, you know, um, we just, I guess we just really need to think things, you know, it's your body, you know, you put whatever in your body, what you want to put into it. No one, no one can't stop you from doing that. But when it comes to healthcare, you know, and, and things that we put on our bodies that are that are just horrible for us, and creating these underlying health conditions, and a lot of them are preventable. But it's up to us. It's up to you what you do. I'm working. Like I said, I'm working on things changing changing my diet but of course you know still smoke and that's not good and doing the other health benefits and smoking well <laughs> you know it's just kind of just like defeating the whole purpose now isn't it I tell myself I'll cut back. 
then I don't. Probably quitting cold turkey is probably the hardest thing to do. Yes, there's other help out there to help you. The, nic the, 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 the nicotine gum, the patches. I haven't tried them, so I don't even know. Like people say, oh, they worked for me. They did, you know, you know, stuff like that. You know, I don't know. I don't know why I've been so reluctant to go and try it. I have no idea. Now, I'd rather, I guess, you know, stick a cigarette in my app and smoke it. You know, so, I don't know. That's something that, you know, that's another health issue, obviously, a big health issue. You know, one out of every two Canadians will die from lung cancer from smoking. That's horrible. A small city dies every single day due, due to tobacco use. And yet with all these warnings, illegal product, you know, not, not much, not much has changed. So when it comes to alcohol, and they want to put warning labels on alcohol. Is that going to change your habit? It's going to rethink what, how much you drink. I mean, alcohol is, was not meant to be put in our bodies. The other stuff we put in our in our bodies from tobacco, all the illicit drugs, all the harmful effects, all these things that I have on our bodies, and yet we still do them. And all the foods that, and all the other foods that we should be avoiding, and all the all the all the um, you know negative health effects is going to have on us maybe not right away but years down the road the health problems that we're going to have Federal government spending 196 billion over 10 years. Is that going to be enough for a population of a country of around 39 million people? So have to wait and see. It's up to every single province and territory how much money, you know, they're putting into the health, putting into the health and where it's going. I have to see what happens, but. Just try, I guess, I don't know, just try to do what we can for ourselves, help her by helping ourselves.
you know, because your health is on you. My health is on me. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me this Saturday morning or Sunday. Saturday, what happened to Saturday is yesterday. Yes, anyway, Sunday morning. And that, so, um, yeah, if you are going out tonight or you're having friends and family over, be responsible. You know, don't drink and drive. Enjoy the game if you're a huge football fan. And if you're not, it's one of the biggest sporting events of the year anyways, and why not watch it? Right? So enjoy that. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. And um, I usually do a Sunday evening show, but I'm not because of the game. So I will be out doing that. And that, so yeah, just to, to this, uh, just this morning, doing this show. And uh, if you listen to my show or, or my past episodes and, and stuff like that, um, doing uh, the majority of my shows on the weekend. Um, I tried the weeknights, and um, it failed miserably because just my hours you know, at work and, and, and getting home and, you know, working anywhere from 10 to 12 hours a day, you know, just wasn't, just was not going to, just wasn't going to work out. So, I mean, nothing worse than trying to do a show when fatigue starts to settle in and, and you can't, your brain's telling you, you want to wind down and your brain's want you to go to sleep then you try to concentrate doesn't work so weekends last weekend I did four shows Saturday morning Saturday night Sunday morning Sunday night yesterday when I opened up my eyes in the morning everything just went south it was just one of those days and we have them that nothing went the way it was supposed to be. So unfortunately, this weekend, this morning show will be the only show for the entire weekend. And I'm thinking, you know, I'm supposed to get four in for the week. Life happens. Like, you know, I, you know, they don't have control over everything. So unfortunately, and it's disappointing for me and you know, because I want to be out here talking to you, you know, I want you to come on my show, you know, and appreciate you coming on my show. So we will be back at it again next weekend. Four shows over next weekend, two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Morning and night. You know, get the shows posted up so that you know, you know, it's coming. So thank you for coming out, ladies and gentlemen. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the game tonight and be safe. Mm -hmm.